Welcome to the Relationship Help Show, your time with Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor. Through the magic of the internet, Dr. Shaler provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis to people throughout the world, and she's here for you now. Whether you are experiencing a momentary blow-up or the crazy-making of life with a partner, ex, child, or parent who is relentlessly difficult, you'll get your questions answered and enjoy her expert guests. Settle in with Dr. Roberta Shaler now. Leave the drama behind and find peace of mind on today's Relationship Help Show. Here's Dr. Shaler. Hello. I'm so glad you're here because once again, we're going to talk about the difficult people in life. And I know you've known some because it's almost impossible not to meet at least one where you pass through this lifetime. And I bet you're nodding. I bet you're saying, yes, I know someone. It may not be somebody really close to you, but it may be somebody you dread seeing at the holidays or somebody that you know always puts you down so you avoid them. And these difficult people, they're all around. So most emotionally healthy people first react to them by thinking, oh, they're just having a bad moment or they're going through something or it's a stressful time. And we give them the benefit of the doubt. We, we leave some space there for them to show us that that's not who they always are. So we excuse their behavior and rightly so because we don't know who they are. So we want to learn. So we sit back and watch if we're smart. We're sitting back and watching. I have a little watchword for my clients, and I always tell them, when in doubt, believe the behavior, not the words. When in doubt, believe the behavior, not the words. When the behavior and the words don't match, believe the behavior. And if you happen to be with a relentlessly difficult person, and you know I call them hijackals, <clears throat> if you happen to be with one, you have probably made excuses for them, right? I know I'm right, because people do that all the time. And you, you think that, oh, they'll get a little better or they'll be a little different. I really want to encourage you to look at that behavior, not the words. Look at the behavior right away and say, I'm going to believe the behavior. I'm going to believe the behavior. Oh, I don't want to. No, I really don't want to because this person is attracted to me and I'm attracted to them and I want something to work out. I want a companion in my life. I want everything that is possible that I've read about in every magazine. And so I don't want to mess with it. I'll just make some more excuses. And the more excuses that you make, the more exceptions that you make to what's all right with you, the more they take advantage of you. Now, remember my definition of a hijackal, and I trademark that term because I don't think it's necessary for any layperson to be using clinical terms to describe somebody. Why do I feel that way? Because if you go online and you decide that the person you're with, this relentlessly difficult person, is a narcissist or a borderline or a sociopath or a narcopath or any one of those things, then you start talking about them as though they're a them and no longer are you part of the relationship. And then it's all their fault and they're always like that and ain't it awful and he, she is doing me wrong. That doesn't help you. So I wanted to make it simple. Here's a non-clinical term that means people who behave in certain patterns, hijackals. These are the people who hijack relationships for their own purposes. 
got that? For their own purposes, while relentlessly scavenging them for power, status, and control. So one of the things that hijackals do is they will seduce you into the incredulity trap. That's my name for it. And that's what helps you to excuse their behavior. So what is the incredulity trap? The hijackal says something or does something. And internally you go, what? Who says that? Who does that? Who even thinks that? You're incredulous, right? And yet you smile and you go on as though it was the most normal thing in the world that they said or did. Because your incredulity caused you to recognize for a moment how outrageous the behavior was, but your desire to normalize the behavior kicked in, and all of a sudden, you are not behaving from that incredulity. And that's where the trap is, because you keep tolerating the behavior and giving the person the benefit of the doubt. And then, I hope, you don't that you wake up and smell the herbal tea. This keeps happening, and I don't like it. And it's always my fault. Something is wrong here. Now, unfortunately, people who are attracted to and attracted by hijackals don't ask the question. They don't say something's wrong here. Their first question is, What's wrong with me? That's a big problem because that's how the hijackal has taught you to think that there's something wrong with you. The hijackal wouldn't be so angry, wouldn't be so upset, wouldn't be so having to go out and leave you behind, wouldn't need to take control of the finances if it wasn't your fault. Do you see the pattern? That's what we're going to talk about today. Patterns that hijackals have, and they have them. And over the weeks of the show, we will talk about the patterns in minute details so that you see what's going on. Because I know it's really hard to wake up and smell that herbal tea. So instead of saying something's wrong here, People who are with hijackals don't want it to be true, so they say, something's wrong with me. And the hijackal is very happy to reinforce that point of view. And so sometimes it takes years, and you feel worse and worse. Why? Because you're not good enough. If only you were better. If only you were more compassionate, you were kinder, you were more patient, you were more loving, you didn't ask for anything, if you were less demanding, less confrontative, you didn't bring conflict. Why do you think that? Because the hijackal has been telling you that for years. It's your fault. I do what I do in the world, working with the partners, the exes, the adult children, co-workers of these relentlessly difficult people, because I want you to recognize it is verbal and emotional abuse, and we need to stop it. We need to stop it right away, and I know that sounds simple, and it isn't, but this is why I get up in the morning. This is why I do what I do. I want to help you see the patterns and begin to call it what it is. 
It is verbal abuse. It is emotional abuse. It may extend to being mentally abusing, physically abusing, sexually abusing. It is abuse, folks. Nothing less. And you need to take a few steps back and say, is it possible it's not me? And yes, it's very possible it's not you. Because that's what the hijacker wants you to think, that it's all your fault. So I'm here today and every week to help you see the patterns, to have a grip on those patterns, especially in those moments when you're just in the thick of it, you're feeling absolutely terrible, and you go into one of your patterns, which is saying, it's my fault. It wouldn't be like this if I were a better person. That's not true. I want you to become kind to yourself. It's not true. That's not the way it works. I bet there are many people in your life who don't tell you what the hijackle tells you. Many people who think you're wonderful, that you deserve love, that they demonstrate love to you, they give you support, they do all kinds of things the hijackle doesn't do, right? So what makes you believe that one person? Why have you given so much power to the opinion of that one person? That's a question for you. It's not an indictment. It's like, why have I given this person so much power in my life? And it happens insidiously, you know, bit by bit, day by day, remark by remark, and slowly you get worn down. I know that. You know, I've been with a hijackle. I was raised by a hijackle. I divorced a hijackle. I know about this. It's not just my profession. I live this. This is why I want to help you understand this. Because when we're talking about these patterns, then you can start to see that they are predictable. And if they're predictable, then I can be ready for them when they happen. And that's why I have the programs that I have to help you be ready to see the patterns, to anticipate the patterns, and to have a new response to those patterns. Make sense? I hope so. Because it is truly important for you to see. Have you ever been out with a hijackle? Maybe you've been with them for a long time and you go out and you're with some other folks and they are so nice. They are nice to everyone. They are fun. They are the life of the party. They are charming. They seem to be empathetic. Believe me, that's an act. They're just mimicking empathy because they don't have any. But they just seem to be that person you fell in love with, right? And in your mind, you're going, why can't they treat me that way? Why can't they? That's the beginning of waking up and smelling the herbal tea because they want power over you at home and they don't want anyone in the world to know any different about them. So today, a little later on in the program, we're going to talk with my guest, Dr. Karen Covey, and he, she, she, by all means, she, my colleague, <laughs> is a divorce attorney and mediator. So we're going to talk about what goes into actually leaving a hijackle, 
So be sure to stay tuned for that in a while. And we're going to tackle just how predict- predictable they are when you are trying to leave them because they certainly fall into patterns then. So predictable. In what way are they predictable? Well, one big way. They always want to and need to win. Doesn't matter what tiny thing you're speaking about or what huge life decision you're discussing, they want to and need to and demand to win. That is something just flash in front of your eyes right then. Did you all of a sudden just realize, yes, that's what happens. Large or small, doesn't matter. They have to win. They have to have the last word. They have to be right. A pattern. And they want to win. And you want them to like you. So you learn to compromise, which is not a bad thing to do sometimes. They count on that. Then you find yourself compromising so much that you want to give up. Does that pattern sound familiar? Maybe you've already given up, but I'm here to say, no, no, stand up again. I want you to have the skills and the insights, the practical tools and strategies and the support to know when you are in a hijackal relationship, what you can do while you're in it and what you must do while you're in it. And then if you decide to leave, how to do that in the best possible way. So you've given up. You know that they have to win. They always have to win. And still, you seem somehow to believe it's your fault. Don't worry. That's common. That's normal. It's a pattern. You got that in your childhood somewhere that you are normalized to having people treat you poorly, to speak about you poorly, right? There's somebody in your family who speaks to you that way too, or someone in your early life. And so it doesn't seem so outrageous as it seems to other people who do not have that in their family. And then, as I said earlier, you have this idea that if you could only be more patient, more kind, more compassionate, more understanding, then the hijackal wouldn't be, quote unquote, forced to treat you that way. Isn't that something, how they always turn it around on you? That it's your fault they're upset? Do you see how backward that is? That is really just backward. Imagine if you could go through life saying, everything is everybody else's fault. I am just perfect as I am, and everybody else is at fault. I was watching an episode of Bridezilla's last night. Don't ask me why. And I, I just was fascinated by the hijackal nature of these bridezillas. Outrageous behavior. Absolutely outrageous behavior. And if you want a dose of reality, go and watch bridezillas. Watch the last season, about episode three or four. See a couple of real hijackals at work there. And when you see that on the television, you go, wow, that's just the way my hijackal behaves. It'll help you. (laughs) It'll help you see that there it is. They're not related to you. They're right out there and you can see them on the TV screen. Then of course, where would any talk show host who's in the relationship business be without hijackals? Even Jerry Springer loves a good hijackal, right? 
So these are the people who are constantly disrupting things and they behave how? In ways that make you incredulous, right? You fall into the incredulity trap. So your hijackal tells you everything is your fault and you accept that. What if that was your mom or your dad? Can you imagine how that pattern got established when you were little? And how it shaped you before you even had language? You know, in last week's show, we talked about a phenomenon called adverse childhood experiences. If you didn't hear the show, go back and hear it. My guest was Christine Baumgartner. And look at that with a new listening ears. If you can look at it with your ears, that is. Look at it and say, wow. Maybe there's something to that in my life. Maybe I was normalized to this behavior well before I even had language. Maybe I was seeing it all around me in my family. And so it just seems to be the way people do things. And then when I don't think they should, I'm kind of at some level feeling like I'm making my family wrong. And I'm uncomfortable with that, so I make myself wrong. Happens, right? It happens a lot. So if you came from one of those kind of families, you're quite ready to be put down and you'll do it for them. You will make yourself small. I want to help you get big again. And even if you've never felt really big, I want to help you do that because you deserve to have a full, rich life in which you are loved and which you are cherished and in which you have the absolute right to express what you think, what you feel, what you need and what you want. Sound good? Great. So, patterns. Everything is your fault, therefore you are always to blame. That's a pattern. And then there are the explosions and the expletives on one side. And on the far other side, there's the sulking, pouting, cold shoulder, right? And you never know what's coming your way. Somewhere between that, you're going to find the answer. And what's this for? It is all to control you, all to keep you small, keep you controlled, keep you feeling everything is your fault, keep you knowing that you cannot win. And many hijackals even take over all the family finances. And therefore, what are you supposed to do then? We're going to have a show about that. So if these things are sounding familiar, I'm really glad you're listening today because this is emotional abuse. This is verbal abuse. This is damaging to you. And I know it's difficult. I know it's really difficult to say, I need a change. Even more difficult to say, I deserve a change. And I am going to find a way to make that change. And it will be by baby steps. You know, when I wrote this red book behind me, Kaizen for Couples, Kaizen is a Japanese system which is small, positive, incremental steps. And we need to make small, positive, incremental steps when we find out finally that, wow, I am dealing with a hijackal. So we're going to go to break now. And when we come back, I'm going to answer a question from Mary in the United States about what to do if you want to leave. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are these stories and questions on today's show sounding familiar to you? Are you ready to say no more to the abuse from toxic people in your life? I'm so glad. You matter and you deserve to have real love, true love in your life. Love from yourself and love from others. Not that demeaning, discounting, and dismissive masquerade that a hijackal pretends is love. I can help you regain yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence after a life with a hijackal, whether it was your partner, an ex, a parent, or a child. Let's work together now. For individual sessions or small group coaching, visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. Talk soon. And we're back. And this is the section of the show when we often have a question. And you could submit your question to me if you'd like me to answer it on air. And you do that by going to forrelationshiphelp.com forward slash submit. And you can put your question there. It even asks you if you'd like to give me an, an, a name that you would like me to use rather than your own. So don't be afraid. You won't be outed on our radio show, on our television show, on any show. But we surely like you to submit those so that I can answer them for you. So today is from Mary in the United States. And she wrote this. I want to leave. I cannot stand being put down all the time, even in front of my kids. I have no money. Sound familiar? He has control of everything. How do I even start to think about leaving? I'm exhausted right down to the bottom of my feet. What should I do first? Well, Mary, I I know what that feels like, and I'm so glad that you're reaching out because that is the first most important step. And just a little thought about that. You know, hijackals take care of your family and all the people in the community so that when you reach out, they've already told them that you're crazy, that you have a problem, that you're always making up stories, right? They've already prejudiced people against you. I hear that all the time. So finding actual support where you can talk to other people who are going through it is a great thing to do. So I created a closed Facebook group to help you. Now, a closed Facebook group means that people can see who's in the group. Any person can see who is in the group, but only members can see the posts. The posts will appear in your timeline. You don't have to worry. Nobody but you and other members of the group can see it. So the name of that closed group on Facebook is Optimize Life. Optimize Life. And you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash hijackles. And you spell hijackles just like it sounds, hijackals.com. So Mary... What shall you do first? Well, a hijackal is a very accomplished practitioner of wearing you down and wearing you out, right? Oh, yeah, I remember. And they're so good at it. 
and they're so consistent and they're constantly at it until they want something from you. And then all of a sudden they become all sweetness and light. And then you think, oh, there's a break. There's a break. This person has seen the light. They're turning the corner. It's so wonderful. And so you give them what they want. And then slowly and sometimes not so slowly, everything goes back to normal and sometimes even worse. So they wear you down. They wear you out. They want you to be as powerless as possible. They randomly reinforce that. So you never know if you're going to get nice or not so nice so that you can't count on it all times. And they want you to keep as powerless as possible. So start by seeing something that I mentioned earlier today. It's not your fault. Got that? I'm not saying you're blameless. I'm not saying you haven't screamed and said expletives or you have not exploded or any of those things. You probably have. But what you are being blamed for, all of the behaviors of the hijackal are not your fault. Those are behaviors the hijackal is choosing to have power over you. So start this journey internally. You know, don't go rushing off and saying, oh, I'm going to change my whole life. I'm out of here and find yourself penniless on a street corner with six kids. Start within. Start thinking about what do I need to think about? What do I need to change within that will make a difference? And knowing that he's been telling you, Mary, you know, he's been telling you that everything is your fault. And it's very, very unlikely that that's the case. So you've got to start by getting yourself sorted within yourself. I always tell people who come to me, the first work is within yourself. Yes, I can give you skills and strategies to try while you're to see whether the hijackal can be stayed with or change a little bit or maybe give up a little power. There are lots of things to try. And I always advise doing that first, especially if there are children. But Don't listen to the people who say, you made your bed, you lie in it. You go to somebody you know you can trust. If there is a family member or a close friend that you can trust who is on your side in a healthy way, not against the hijackal, but on your side in a healthy way, then maybe you will talk to them or you'll come into the Facebook group or you'll call me and we'll talk. And we'll get some baseline to find out what's going on. And don't believe these folks who say, well, you made that decision. You chose him. You chose to stay there. You chose to have kids with you. You gave up the power. See how they're adding to it. See how they're reinforcing it. These are the people you've been maybe related to or hanging out with who are reinforcing that negative normalized behavior that shouldn't be there at all. So get some help to come upright and to say, I deserve to be treated well. I deserve to be treated with respect at a minimum. And I certainly don't deserve to be abused verbally, physically, socially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I Nobody deserves to be abused. So It doesn't matter if you've gone along with it, Mary, for years and years. Now is what matters. So take those steps I spoke about earlier. Take those steps back and say, wow, if I saw someone behaving the way I'm behaving when I respond to the hijackal, 
what would I tell them? What would I help them see? Then help yourself see that. Then you begin to recognize the patterns because when you're this close to the problem, you can't recognize the pattern. But when you get way out here, you can say, oh, it's a hand and that's the palm and I see the marks in it. But when I'm up here, it's just something oppressing, pushing on my nose. So we've got to get some perspective. And that's the first thing. And then get where you can get good information. The hijackle wants you to believe that you are alone in this, that nobody wants to bother with you. Nobody would disagree with the hijackle. In this case, your husband. So we need to know that that is important. And I see that our guest is joining us. We'll be with her in just one moment. But let me finish answering this question for you. So you're going to take steps back and you're going to see the patterns. Don't be here with it. Be here with it. See the pattern. That's a big first step. And then start to think. You're looking at the pattern. You're saying, this is okay with me. This is not okay with me. And make a list. Okay? So you've got some very concrete things to do. Now I'm giving you the very, very first things to do here because I don't want to overwhelm you. So the first thing is to get your nose out of it, step back, see the pattern, and then start to say, what about this is okay with me? What if I've been behaving as though it's okay with me? And what's really not okay? And in the episode that I did with Dr. Karen Finn, we talked about boundaries. Go back and listen to that one. And then if you're thinking, Mary, as you are about leaving, you really are on the right show today because today my guest is Dr. Karen Covey. She is a divorce attorney, an advisor, a mediator, and a coach who's committed to helping couples resolve their disputes as amicably as possible. Woohoo! She is the author of When Happily Ever After Ends How to Survive Your Divorce Emotionally, Financially, and Legally. Karen is also a collaborative divorce attorney and arbitrator and a former adjunct law professor. So we've got the big guns here today. <laughs> um, hi, Karen. I'm so glad you're here with us. Hi. I'm glad to join you. Thank you for having me. Great. So Karen is a popular speaker. She's been featured in many, many programs, and you can certainly go and learn all about this. She's well published. Go to karencovey.com, K-A-R-E-N-C-O-V-Y.com. So welcome to the program. Thank you. Today we're talking about um, leaving. (laughs) So if you are with a person who is a hijackal, a relentlessly difficult and often disturbing person, and we were talking about how those patterns run, and I don't know if you caught the show before now, but you'll know that that's what we were discussing. And I promised people that we were going to talk about what happens when these patterns exist. And then you finally decide that I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to take some steps. So tell us a little bit to familiarize us with what you're up to in the world and why. Well, 
like, you know, like I said, or like, like you said to the audience, I am on a mission to help people divorce in a better way. And better, of course, is relative. Um, in my experience, and I've done this for more years than I care to admit, um, you know, how people get through their divorce, there's a piece that's, that depends on them. And there's a piece that depends on the other person. But if you control, if you can control yourself and the things that you can control, you can usually get divorced in a better way. And that means a couple of things. It means you educate yourself. It means you take the time to do your homework and then you get through the divorce as an educated consumer. And usually you end up in a better place. Wow. So what caused you to choose this line of work? Um, I like to say it chose me. Um, I started uh, my practice. I started my own individual law firm uh, years ago, and I opened up the door and I said to everybody I knew, I will do anything in the world except divorce. (laughs) And of course, it just kept coming in and coming in. And at some point you look up at the universe and you say, I, I just said, "Okay, I got it. And that's what I started doing. And I haven't looked back since. So it Divorce kind of found me, but what I found in it in exchange is that it is so rewarding to help people understand what they're facing and what their options are and how to get through what is for most people one of the most difficult times of their life. It is, and it's a time that you have to get through, just like anything that ends, a life or whatever. You have to pay attention as you're going through it, and then afterwards you have to mop up. You have to heal. You have to move forward. You have to grieve. You have to do all those other pieces. So have you had experiences with couples coming to you or clients, individual clients coming to you who have been with these relentlessly difficult people? Oh, absolutely. Um, Usually what happens is, and what I like to say to people is that who you divorced is the person that you married. I mean, the person might have changed, but if, you, if you've been in a relationship or a marriage with somebody who is high conflict and who's got a lot of issues and a lot of problems, you can't ex- expect that those issues and problems are going to go away when you go through a divorce. If anything, divorce intensifies the conflict. It intensifies the problem. So if that's, what you, if that's the relationship you find yourself in, that doesn't mean you have to stay there forever and you're doomed, but it does mean that you've got to have a really good plan. You've got to have some goals and you've got to have a strategy for how you're going to get from where you are now to where you want to be at the end of your divorce. Right. So that's really good advice. Imagine one of the things that a hijackle is going to do, and this is why it might give you that false sense that it might be a little easier, is that they're going to do something to hurt you first. So they're going to have moved on to another relationship or start talking to you about their bar life and how attractive they are. Um, they're, they're going to do something that is going to allow them to feel like they're on top of it. And so don't be fooled by that. That's what I hear you saying, Karen. Well, what I tell people is, you know, you want to keep the lines of communication open because by not talking, there's only that much more um, chance for misunderstandings or for things to blow up. But there's talking and there's talking. Don't believe everything your spouse says. A lot of people, (laughs) when they go through a divorce, 
They start fear-mongering. They start filling your head full of this craziness. You don't believe them. If you think, you know, if they make a threat, obviously, if they make a threat of physical violence to you or your children, you take that seriously. Um, but if they're just threatening, oh, common ones, I'm going to take the kids away. You're never going to see the kids again. Um, or I'll take you for every dime that you have. You're going to be broke. You're going to be homeless. You're going people, people say these kinds of things in divorce. If you really have concerns, check with your lawyer, talk to your lawyer about whether those can, whether those threats are well-founded. And if they are, then you can find out what do you have to do so that you can not put yourself in a position where the threats become reality. But if you listen to everything that your spouse says, you're just going to make yourself crazy. You're absolutely right in my experience. And so I hope everybody's taking that to heart because when when the fire starts to burn, they're going to throw gasoline on them. <laughs> they're feeling threatened. They're feeling upset. They're feeling like, how dare you? If they happen to be a hijackal, how dare you consider leaving me? Because who would? I am perfect. I am the most wonderful catch. And therefore, I will take everything with me, everything. And one of the things they like to take is the affection of the children. You know, I was speaking on the show oh, a couple of shows ago, and I was saying about couples that I've known where one is a hijackal, and they threaten, just as you say, that they're going to take absolutely everything, including the children. And I said, don't think they want it. They just don't want you to have it. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it happens a lot with hijackals because they want to win. And I was talking about that a lot at the beginning of the show today, Karen. They want to win. Have you ever had a hijackal come in in the guise of sitting down to have an amicable divorce? That actually happens a lot. A lot of people... They start their divorce thinking it'll be amicable, wanting it to be amicable, hoping it'll be amicable. Um, and sometimes it works out. But if you're in a, a relationship with a high conflict personality, someone like you said, Roberta, who just wants to win at all costs, um, you've got to be realistic. I, I just wrote my one of my latest blog articles. I think it was a week or two ago. I wrote about n making making sure that you don't give yourself false hope. You've got to see reality as it is, not worse than it is, but not better than it is. And the problem is so many of us want to believe that everything is going to be easy and, and amicable and fine, that you stop, you stop looking at the writing that's on the wall, and then that can hurt you later because you let the other person do things that maybe aren't in your best interest, you don't pay attention, you make excuses, um, and what ends up happening is that you put yourself in a worse position. So you want to be able to look at reality for what it is and not, you know, not wear blinders. Oh, such good advice, Karen, because I've had so many clients come to me who are so worn down and worn out by life with a hijackal. And they'll come in and they'll say, give her anything she wants, just anything she wants, get rid of it. Because I, I, like you, mediate often. And I have to say, because they're my clients, um, uh-uh, no. Rewind. Well, here's, here's the problem. Even if you do give that person everything they want, 
that's still not going to be enough. Exactly my point. Yeah, you can lie down and play dead and give them every last cent you have, every possession, every everything, and they'll come back wanting more and they won't leave you alone. So you've got to stand up, become upright, get your legs under you and know that you have to take a stand somewhere and you need to know what that is. So how do you help your clients know that? Know what? Know whether, what, when they take a stand or what to do? Well, both actually. Like when somebody comes in and you can see that there is this, this slowly going sideways where the person really wants is not as amicable as they appear to be. What do you do then? Obviously it depends on the situation, but in general, if I see th- people hire me as an attorney because I am independent and I can see things that they can't because I'm not in the relationship, right? It's not their fault. They can't see it. They're too close to it. So if I see things going south, I'll say, okay, um, now is a time you might want to think about pulling back or doing this or trying a different approach. Or the other thing I'll do is I'll say, set them up. Set the person. If you think they're going to be amicable, if they are going to be amicable, they will respond in this situation by doing X, by talking to you or listening to you or responding to your needs or whatever. So just know that. Let Try asking them this question or do these things. And if they don't respond like a reasonable person, now you might want to start thinking differently about what you're dealing with, right? Absolutely. Um, And if, on the other hand, if they do act reasonably, then you can keep going along the path that you're doing. Maybe you're not dealing with, you know, as high, high a conflict person as you thought, but you have to figure that out. Right. So what you're suggesting is you try something, you calibrate, how's this going? Is this reasonable? Is this okay? And then you move on to the next thing. So my guest today is Dr. Karen Covey, and she is a divorce attorney and a mediator and an advisor who can help you not be destroyed by divorce. And we'll be right back to ask her a few more questions. Hi, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Handling hijackles is exhausting. It's never-ending. An endless cycle of crazy-making, alienation, and constant drama. And cycles are difficult to step out of. I know because I've been there too. And that's why I reach out to you to offer the insight, skills, and strategies you need to heal. My small group programs, Handling Hijackles and Hijackal Recovery and Rediscovery, will shortcut your journey to healing to save your sanity, and to stopping the crazy making. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join now, and let's talk soon. And I really, really mean that. Let's talk soon if these things are landing for you, or if you're at the divorce point and you need to talk with my guest, Dr. Karen Covey, you have a lot of good reasons now because she makes a lot of good sense. So she was just saying that one of the things you have to do is to be constantly calibrating, is this okay with me? In little, little increments, is this reasonable? Will this work? And not let the horses out of the barn at any time soon, right? Don't just let the hijackle run with it. Or whether or not you're divorcing a hijackle, don't let the other person just run with it because you're tired. Because this is a decision you're going to live with for a long time. Right, Karen? Yeah, you are. 
Very much so. Yeah. So we, we calibrate the small things, but what happens when the, the uh, person that we're divorcing gets nasty? What do we do when the tide turns and that calibration is, oh, whoa, there's somebody entrenching, they're digging in their heels here. What's your best advice for that? It depends. Again, it, it depends on how they're doing that, what your response would be. Um, but in general, I am not a big fan of going to court and fighting to the death because I think that leaves everybody just bloody and, you know, and, and broke. So, but when you're in a high conflict situation, sometimes going to court and dealing with lawyers is your only choice or your best choice. So you always want to, when you're talking about calibrate, always talk with your attorney and make sure that you've got somebody who's on the same page with you. And so if you need to take somebody back to court because your spouse isn't doing what he or she is supposed to do or what the court ordered them to do, then you use the court system to do that. Other strategies you can do in the meantime, though, one thing that, that's very, very helpful is that you limit your face-to-face contact. Everything gets Put everything in writing. So if you're talking to somebody and they're saying they make an, a deal, you, you make, put it in an email, put it in a text, right? So you've got something in writing saying this is the deal and they say they agree. Then two days later, when they're doing something that's exactly the opposite of what they said they were going to do, They don't make you think you're crazy by wondering, geez, did they really agree to that or was that just me? No, it's in writing. You've got a text and you can show, yes, they agreed. So, And then once they know that, if if you've got a line of text or email communication and you have to bring them back to court, you have some proof. You can say, look, here's the the, the email thread that we had and you said you were going to do X and now you're doing Y and that's not okay, right? And so eventually they will learn that they're bound by what they put in writing. So that becomes a much more effective means of communication um, than just talking because you get into he said, she said, nobody can prove a thing. Right. And that brings me to a point that I didn't make earlier, but you're, you're pointing to it very strongly now. Well, long before you decide to leave, one of the good things that you can do is to document what's going on. You know, document the times that they were rough on you or that they pushed you or that they were mean to the children and date it and time stamp it so that you remember these things when things get rough. And that when you have this trail of texts or emails, it's easy to download and print out, you know. (laughs) So make sure that you do, because especially if you're leaving a hijackal situation, they're going to change on a dime. A hijackal has no problem lying. So a hijackal will say that black is black this moment to win. And 20 minutes later, that won't make them look good. So they swear blind that black is white. And when you say to them, but 20 minutes ago, you said black is black. And they said, you don't listen, do you? You don't hear very well. If you just paid attention, you wouldn't be in such a story, sorry state. <laughs> And they make it your fault again. So there are really good reasons in any divorce to do what you're you're talking about, I believe. But if it starts to go south, then it's imperative to have a trail. And you can have that in email or text. And I absolutely agree with you, uh, Karen. Don't, everybody, don't try and work it out when it's not work outable. 
in a room with the other person. You'll get right to what Karen said, that he said, she said scenario. And then you'll both feel wronged and you'll both be fighting for what you heard. And that is a fight you cannot win. So don't be doing that. Have you had cases where that email trail has changed the outcome of a divorce settlement? It's changed the outcome of individual hearings. So the to the extent that that changes the outcome of the entire divorce, it can. It just depends, again, on what it is that you're fighting about. But what ends up happening is you start to narrow things in, right? So you the way, the way you have a strategy to deal with somebody in a lawsuit is much like making a medical diagnosis. Doctors don't diagnose. You tell them, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. They don't say necessarily you have this. They say, what don't you have? Let's eliminate possibilities and then we'll get down to the one thing you do have. The same thing is going to be true in a divorce, which you start is with everything up in the air and a million issues. And so little by little, you bring things down, you narrow them down, you close the box to when to the point where what you're left with is something more manageable, right? So you don't have to decide 50 issues at the same time. You decide one at a time and then you slowly get that 50 down to where it's just one. And maybe you decide it, maybe you negotiate a settlement yourself, that's best case scenario, or maybe you're stuck with having to go to trial and have a judge decide. But if that's the situation you find yourself in, you want to make sure that the judge, as best you can, understands what he or she is dealing with. And that's not always so apparent because some people present really well in court, (laughs) even though when they're not in court, they're a very different person. Exactly. And caveat, if you're dealing with a hijackal going to court, their job is to manipulate, seduce, and exploit the system to their own advantage. So they will be that very person that you just mentioned (laughs) that just presents in course as though they are the salt of the earth, the person who is the arbiter of mental health. They, they will prove that they are the best parent, even though they don't spend 15 minutes a week with the children. They will do everything that they can in order to discredit you while increasing their own credibility. And so expect that. Expect that. One of the big things that I find with my clients, and I want to hear your experience, Karen, is that they don't expect that. They expect it's going to be fair. They expect that this is the justice system, not the legal system. You know, I have a a very good friend who coined a saying that she gave me permission to steal from her, (laughs) which is that fair is the four-letter F word of divorce. (laughs) Yes, yes. There is no such thing as fair because... Fair is relative. What is fair to you might be very different from what is fair to me or to the judge or to the lawyer or to your spouse, right? So right. there's not, no such thing as fair. And if you focus on that, you are going to make yourself crazy. You're going to make yourself into a victim because you're always going to feel wronged. And there's no life in that, okay? It, it's hard to move forward from that place of victimhood. So the best thing that you can do is forget about what's fair or not fair. Decide what's important to you. That's a different mm-hmm. question. What is the one, what are the one, two, maybe three things that the most that are the most important to you? Focus on trying to get that 
and let go of the rest. Yeah, that's great advice. I hope you're, you're really taking that in because we honestly believe that our idea of fair is another person's idea of fair. And so when we put forth our positions, we think our position is fair. But the interest of the other person isn't even in the same ballpark about what fair is. So we've, we've got that to mediate right then and there. And the court is not about mediating. The course is about, court is about deciding. They don't say, well, what would you like? And what would you like? And why would you like it? That's, that's, that's what attorneys are there for, <laughs> to, to get into that. How about that, Karen? You were about yeah. to say something. Absolutely. The the court, the only reason, the, the judge's only job, and I got this from a friend of mine who was a judge, her only job was to make a decision when people couldn't decide for themselves. That's it. And the other thing you need to know about the legal system is that it's not fair, right? It doesn't <laughs> work the way you think it works. There no. are rules. You are never going to be able to tell your story the way you want to. There's, you know, you're, there are time limits. There are rules about what you can say and how you can say it and what you can present. And so the information that you're going to be allowed to present to the judge is going to be very different than the story that as you would like to show it and tell it. And so the judge is going to be making decisions based on limited information. So it, it's pretty, you know, it, it, it happens often that a judge, they're doing the best that they can but they might have a very different idea of what the outcome should be than you just because they're, they're dealing with the information they've got and it's different. Wow. So we've got a lot to talk about. Today's guest is Dr. Karen Covey and you can tell we're going to have another conversation because there's so much to say for today though. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Karen. And for all of you, if this is making sense, if all of a sudden there's this moment starting, this kind of a dawning, the light's turning on and you're saying, wow, I didn't realize that I could step back and see this pattern. And in seeing this pattern, there are other people who are going through it. So remember, join my Facebook group, the closed Facebook group at Optimize Life. And you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash hijackles and do that. You can submit a question that my guests or I will answer. Go to forrelationshiphelp.com slash submit. If you know someone who it would make a tremendous guest and could answer questions, please have them go to forrelationshiphelp.com slash guest and uh, I'll have a chat with them and see what they can bring to help us all understand this a whole lot better. So today we have been talking yet again about life with those relentlessly difficult people I call hijackals. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Why do I thank you? Because it means you are vastly interested in having the best life and relationship you can. And I applaud that so much. Next week, my guest will be Lori Peters, and we'll be talking about happiness and relationships. And I look forward to having you with us then. In the meantime, take good care and limit the drama so that you can have peace of mind. Bye-bye. There you have it. If you want more, you can work with Dr. Shayla directly. She's eager to help you resolve your relationship issues. Have a question? Call in early to next week's show to talk with Dr. Shayla on air. Get her expert insights and advice by subscribing to her blog, 
newsletter, and YouTube channel. We're here for you. Don't be a stranger. Join us again next week. And in the meantime, visit forrelationshiphelp.com.